Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Hi, and welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Hope you're doing okay. As we all know, life, as we have known it up to now, has really changed. It's the great pause, as Frank called it in our last episode which has me thinking, what are you doing with your time? I know what I'm doing with mine, but I'm hoping you're not panicking. Or maybe you're allowing yourself to search for some peace or for inner peace. And I think people are feeling cheated out of traditional life events. Millions of people are losing jobs. We're facing a global food crisis. And where can we turn and what can we do? And that, I think, is uh, part of what we hope you get out of listening to this podcast. Uh, would you agree, Frank? That's right, Lisa. It's just incredible the situation that we find ourselves in right now and the variety of different situations that people are experiencing. And some of, so many of us are in our, in our own bubbles and our own little realities. And we're having to deal with our own issues as we are with ourselves. And we are just hearing about the issues that other people are dealing with. And so this whole situation just forces us to kind of take a step back and look and see what in the heck is going on. And I think you have a choice where you look or how you look or what you focus on. I know for me, I kind of went deep inside and I'm fine being alone. I'm okay being alone, but I would prefer to co-create and feed off someone else's energy that makes it more enjoyable for me. But I've had a lot of alone time lately and I think it's been good for me. I think it's helped me go deep inside and, and realize some things about myself and maybe what I could be doing to improve my life. So I feel like I've taken this four First alone time, again, again, for someone who was okay being alone but happier with other people around, but I've learned some things about myself, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that's what you have to do, but I think that is one thing that I've gotten out of this. And I today came across an Eckhart Tolle uh, video where he talked about, um, it was labeled as neediness, which I thought, well, that's not a great thing to look into, but I, I listened anyway, and he talked about the unease in civilization talked about Freud and the solution to your problems lying within yourself. And I thought, aha, that's kind of what I've been thinking and where I've been trying to go with all this. Yeah, that's kind of like exploring awareness too. Ah, aha, yeah. Another, another metaphor for going within, you know. Yeah, we've definitely. Awareness and we've been using mindfulness techniques. And for those that are just joining us for the first time, the other podcasts have explained a lot what we mean about exploring awareness. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about using mindfulness techniques to kind of be aware of how we're thinking, that kind of makes us go within. And I've been teaching meditation around mm -hmm. campus this week. And it's interesting because, you know, when we're going through our usual lives, you know, and the thoughts are going and the plans are going and everything, we're not as prone to stop and go within. Right. But right now, people are having such mind chatter. Mm -hmm. There's so much looking into the future. There's so much uncertainty that people are like noticing that their minds are taking them into other places. And so... When we started this podcast, you know, there wasn't a pandemic, but the principles still apply. In some ways, the, a crisis can 
accelerate something like, wow, I just got to do something. Mm. And so when we use these mindfulness techniques and find that deeper place within ourselves, you know, it's always there. It's always been there. You know, there's that sense of inner peace and there can be a sense of joy by understanding that and a sense of, of generosity and also a sense of love, you know, and all those things are kind of words that, that are kind of swimming around in a pool. And you know, each one of those words is like a little bubble that comes up. And I know that we've talked on the podcast before a lot about love and that's been a lot of your experience. And I was hoping during this podcast, we could talk some more about that, especially from your perspective. Well, you know, it's funny because when I, I'm, I'm spreading the news about this podcast one person at a time. And then I, I tell them about it. I go, now you know my secret. And I think they go, oh, what's your secret? And I say that I'm all about love. And I think it's so important. And I think it's everywhere. And I connect to it with every fiber of my being. Yet people are uncomfortable talking about it. And that, that makes me sad. I feel it everywhere. It's it's everything. And, and you sent me this really cool, um, tell me where, what this was from, this uh, love as a public health intervention. You forwarded this to me last week. Oh, so right, like right. A medical document? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's a, it's a peer-reviewed you know, piece on, on love as a public health intervention. And certainly in big institutions like universities and you know, businesses and things like that, the word love isn't used that often. Because you're right, yeah. people... people can feel uncomfortable about love. It, it, it can be misinterpreted in a lot of ways, right? I mean, a lot of people think about romantic love and they think about, uh, you know, the kind of love you have for your children, um, the kind of love you may have for uh, you know, your pet. Or, but, but it does sometimes feel like boundaries go down, you know, with, with love. But, uh, but I think the love that you're talking about and the love that we're talking about is – it's kind of a, it's a different type of love. I mean, so we don't talk about love in the institutions so much. So when this professor sent this email about love as a public health intervention, it kind of broke the ice on that. What was your thought about that article? Well, a couple of my takeaways were they talked about um, imagine a world where positive change occurs simply through love. I mean... Come on, a positive change occurs simply through love. To me, that's like, it shouldn't be an uncomfortable thing. And then it talked about how um, developing strong individual and community connections, which, you know, at the radio station where I work and every radio station where I've worked and what I'm all about in my own community, in my own life, community connections builds a sense of well-being and reduction in the areas of interpersonal crime, domestic violence, and substance abuse. Love as a context within which we live may have powerful public health implications. Now, did you really need a, a document to explain that to you? Or is that something that, you know, you don't really discuss in, in that world? Is it that rare? <laughs> it's, it's not explicitly discussed. Yeah. But I just can't help but think that people in, in many, many professions are doing service, you know, out of love or, or even if you're, right. you're having a job, you're doing it for love of your family to make money. There's, there's a basis of love that's there, but it's probably, you know, it's like, maybe it's unconscious. It's like, you, 
it's you're not aware of it. So again, I would, you know how I love awareness. And, yeah, sure. And, and, and so if there was a pause to say, to, to just take a, take a step back and, you know, where does love come from? I and mean, where, where do you think love comes from, Lisa? I think it's everywhere. Where does it have to come from something? I, the reason I, I attach to love is because there's, to me, there's, what can be negative about about love and my new my new personal mantra is like you know I love everybody just deal with it you know it's not like I'm saying I don't like you or you annoy me or this is wrong what can you say negative about love so I'm going to tell everybody that I love them and I'm going to look for the love and share the love and my follow-up phrase is like just deal with it you know sorry it's not like I'm being negative I'm trying to put something positive out there but where do you think that that sense of love Springs from is what I'm asking. I think I was born that way. I really do. When yeah. I, that's who I am. It's like in my DNA, and I and I also do think it's a choice. I think it's a choice. I can choose to focus on whatever I want. I can choose to be annoyed. I can choose to look for what's wrong, or I can just settle in and breathe deep and choose to focus on love. And you know, I I think we have talked about this part before because I know there's it's a marketing tool. There's a you know a certain car brand, and people are trying to sell love all the time. That and I guess that's okay, but it's like I don't try to sell it. I don't try to take advantage of anybody. I don't try to market it. I just try to be it and feel it and share it. And because as I said, what can you say negative about love? So you did say people sometimes misinterpret it and and think it's romantic love and. I'm a big, I'm a big Alan Watts fan lately, and I don't know if how much Alan Watts you should listen to when you're alone because I've been listening to a lot lately. You kind of really get into your brain. However, he did say, and I love this: love is letting things get out of control. So I thought that was huh. interesting. Love is letting things get out of control. What did he mean by that? I think well, he has a whole thing about love and marriage and I think it, it came from that I think he meant like you if you love someone there's nothing you can do about it and why would yeah. you deny it and why would you try to stop it and go with it so don't don't think about it don't overthink about it love is love and if you love someone uh, in any manner then you just got to go with it and not try to stop it but Whatever he meant, my interpretation is love is letting things get out of control. I told you I'm not a big control person. So if I can talk about love and, and just love without limits, that's, that's the Lisa Berry thing. Love without limits because why not? Life is short and I don't like uncomfortable situations and I don't like pain. And, and he, I'm this podcast and this conversation has led me to be more open about it. You know, here we are in the middle of a pandemic. None of us know what's going to happen next. I know I haven't gone anywhere to any store or I, or I'm even working from home for a month because I don't want to get sick because I want to share more love and I want to be able to put it out there and I want to be well enough now that I've finally figured it out. And now like I feel it's okay to, to share it. I want to be well enough that that can happen. I love how you say you take a deep breath and you just feel the love. And I love how you say love is everywhere. And I love how you just, how, how you describe love as, as kind of an innate quality that you have within you. You, You've always known that, you know, and it's like, um, 
it seems like more with this awareness piece, you know, you're, 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 you're knowing that, you know, which, you know, that's me from the awareness side of things. Right. It also reflects, you know, also it's, it's connected to peace there and your mm-hmm. happiness and joy within you as well. And so, you know, that's when I say this, this, like this inner world, our, our true nature, our still quiet place, you know, kind of has coming bubbling out of it this love and joy and peace and generosity and wisdom whatever you want to call it you know whatever word you might choose it's like wow there's something that we all that 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 i'm know that we all have in and within ourselves to connect to and then it gets expressed out in different ways and and you're expressing it quite a bit with love and i kind of express it more with um uh, peace and, and joy and equanimity and, and love too, but I don't have the same expression of love as you do all the time. You know, I mean, right. you are really driven by that innate quality. And peace and equanimity are good too. I mean, I liken those to character strengths. You know, you, I think from what I've come to know about you, that you're a pretty strong person. And I think there is a lot to be said for not getting ruffled. And sometimes when you're just all about love, it's, doesn't come out the way you want it to, it can be disturbing. Whereas I think peace and equanimity is you're strong and you can always count on that. Can you always count on love? I I think you can. I'm wondering what you think. Oh, of course you can. Yeah. And I think that all of those qualities are are there, you know, and, and with peace and equanimity and then unconditional love, it doesn't matter, you know, how Mm -hmm. someone reacts to you. Right. So there, that's the peace and equanimity part. So you express you, you are your true self, you know, you're, Okay. Who you are. So, and I, on the first hand, I do want to thank you for this conversation and this process and for allowing me to uncover that about myself. But you just said something, and I'm going to be honest. You mentioned unconditional love. And I, I don't think that's something I felt growing up at all. So maybe that's why I value it even more, why it's so important to me to share it, because I didn't get it, and I want other people to get it. So, so what do you think of as unconditional love? Um, I don't know. I feel like a mother should have unconditional love for a child, but perhaps the mother is so wounded herself that she's not capable of that. But I can't say as a child I felt unconditional love. So maybe that is why it's more important to me that because I didn't feel it, I want to make sure everyone else feels it. Well, you know, there is um, conditional love. Some people are raised to think that if they act a certain way, Mm. they will be loved. And if they don't act a certain way, they won't be loved. Mm. And people are raised to think, well, if I, if I don't do this or, or if I do this, then, then I'm going to be punished and I'm going to go to hell or something like Mm. that. And, so we we all we do live in a world that sometimes makes love seem conditioned upon certain behaviors, believing certain things, and agreeing to kind of a, a contract. And if you don't believe that, you may not be loved. And I think that that's a really complicated thing that people some people leave from their childhood with. And when we're doing these meditation practices, and, and, you know, I had the same experience. I had a very loving family, but there was some 
conditionality to love as well. And there was mm. love. But, you know, you have to work through that and, and realize that true love is, is unconditional. And to be able to receive unconditional love, you have to kind of be able to love yourself. And, and, uh, and these techniques and processes and, and meditations, you know, to have unconditional love is so, so freeing. You know, it's so, so wonderful to when you're no longer judging and no longer evaluating and criticizing and things like that. And you being yourself and other people being themselves. And then in that, in that love, there's, there's healing, you know, and with unconditional love, there's healing. Well, you said something really important about loving yourself. And, you know, to me, that's sort of along the lines of self-compassion. I think I have not an easy time with self-compassion, but I have really learned, and this is, again, self-taught, and probably got to this spot before we started the podcast, that how important self-love is. Well, do you think self-love is easily achieved? Well, you know, I think for some people it is and some people it isn't. It depends on on your conditioning, you know, and the circumstances in your life. And I think that when you're younger, it's you know, pe- young people aren't necessarily meditating or or, or or pursuing this kind of practice. So I think that uh, we all arrive on the journey wherever it is that we arrive. And some people are able to self love, and some people aren't and i think then when we do these practices with the meditation and the mindfulness and the um, exploring awareness you know when you discover within yourself that love then of course it's there in everyone and uh but but you have to be able to see how your habits and 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 thoughts and programming have taken you away from that right So, well, I'm not saying it's easy. I don't think it's necessarily it's easy. I think it takes some time easy. and effort and focus. And so we're always talking about the invitation and having some faith that this this mm. might work, that returning home, you know, returns to your innocence. It return you return to your 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 true nature, which is love. Like a little baby is love, you know, and that their your true nature is 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 inherent within you and love is a big part of that but it gets clouded over about all these ideas that get that people get in their heads and uh and believe they're true and so by when we talk about exploring awareness of thoughts and exploring awareness of emotions it starts to open up that space to say oh yeah there's actually something that's more real and is actually authentic for me you know, I've been told that I should not like this group. I should not like someone who did this. I should not like this or that. But it's like, really? But, you know, there's that potential for that love for yourself and love for other people. And to me, that is our natural state. So when we leave the natural state, um, because of what society teaches us, there's we can return to that. It's not gone forever. By no means is it gone forever. But do you snap your fingers and get it back? No, you've got to discover it. And sometimes you have to work through some things and you have to shed 
some ideas about yourself and shedding ideas about yourself can be difficult, but God, we're in the middle of this thing shed right now. So that's why this, this situation where we're shedding already, you know, let's just keep shedding and let's create a world where people understand unconditional love. And that, that, that to me is my hope. And love for themselves. I mean, we have all this time. And I, as I said at the beginning of this, as I've been spending that time going inward and exploring myself, really, and with listening, obviously, we have these conversations and trying to meditate and absorbing all these great minds out there. You know, it's it's not it's not easy. It's, you know, I don't think people necessarily want to feel more uncomfortable right now because of everything happening. But I see it as I'm not leaving the house. I'm not really going anywhere. I'm not interacting with a lot of people. So I'm going to go into myself and I'm going to figure some stuff out. And I, it's not been that enjoyable of a process, but I have learned a lot and I think it's worthwhile. That's my recommendation. Why are you laughing at me? Well, because you said it wasn't an, 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 not that an enjoyable process. Was it? It's not as painful. It's For painful me, it not. is. Yeah, what's what's going on with that? <laughs> it's just, just some realities. And if you love yourself, then you don't allow things to happen or people to treat you certain ways. If you really love yourself, then you got to make put yourself in a situation where you're getting what you think, say, you deserve. But if... Yeah. You know, is that okay way to put it? What you deserve or what makes you truly happy and joyful? Yeah, I think that's right. What makes you truly happy and joyful? I think that's the uh, that's the opportunity that we have. I got big on joy this week. You know, I always thought I was going to write a book about joy, and I and I, you're the one who helped me. You know, the joy is always there, and it's we just cover it up, and it's my new thing now. But uh, so much joy to be found. That's one thing I wrote. Oh, and uh, and I'm going to mention there's a local chalk artist in Ann Arbor who's just so creative and wonderful, and he created something recently and called it a heart of joy. And I thought, oh, what a great way to put it. A heart of joy. There you go. You got both. Heart yeah. and joy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There you go. And for any extent, in any way, I would like someone to join me in my joy. You know, whether it's my kids or a friend or a coworker or whatever, join me in my joy. Because I, I like to, as I said, I'm not a one person person. I'm a sharing person. So I, if I connect to the joy I, and the love, I want to share it and I want other people to to feel it as well because maybe I went through times where I didn't and now when I do feel it I think everyone should feel this but it's not my job to tell anyone how to feel but you know as you told us the joy is always there we just cover it up right now here is the problem oh no a problem (laughs) (laughs) and this is a this is a real challenge and so we can talk about joy and love and peace but right now yeah People are losing their jobs. Yeah, I know. People I know. People are dying. Their yep. family members aren't able yep. to be home. There's like, right. there's like so much disruption and misery and, yep. and suffering out there. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and it's easy for us to talk about right. these things from a from a. I wouldn't say it's that easy, but that's what I want to put out there. So yeah, yeah. What's well, easier for us because we're we're safe right now in the present yeah. moment. Right. And there's, you know, I have a lot of empathy and I also am quite disturbed, you know, about 
different people's reactions to this and mm. how the, the, the same politicians and people who are blocking the nurses and things mm. like this. So there's just a lot, a lot of things to be seen. Um, I fortunately have not lost my job, but I know people who have, and I know mm. people who have lost family members. And I, I think it brings up a, a, a problem. You know, I think it brings up a, a question for people in the midst of a, of, of, of crisis, you know, the type of things that we're talking about. How do you think that applies to them? I think, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, I do the news all day long. It's like my, my lead story is how many people died today and how many more cases do we have? And it's tough. So I'm very aware of the reality of everything that's happening right now. But at the end, when it's over and I have a moment to myself and I can go deep inside, I can still find it and feel it on my own. So I think that's kind of the lesson. I, I said, I told you, I woke up this morning and heard 25 million people applied for unemployment. And now we're having a global uh, food shortage crisis. And I think, how do I just sit here and not do anything to help other people? If it, I feel like I should, and I know you have gone to like Africa to help with maternal mortality and you have traveled the world to help people. And I feel like uh, I should be doing something like that too. But then again, I also think that I can lead by example. I can lead by showing people that as miserable as it is and as horrible as it could be out there, there is that, you know, peace and joy in the most unlikely places. And that's deep inside yourself at a very troubling time in our world. And I don't take anything for granted and I don't take anyone for granted. And I didn't before this and I don't now and I won't after, but I've learned that the hard way through my life. So yeah, I understand people are suffering and out of work and wondering where their next meal is going to come from. And, and for me to sit here and go, well, you know, love is everything and joy is everything. I get it. It's, it's not easy, but if I have it, I want to share it. And that's why we do this podcast. I think that's right. That's it. That, and that's healing. That's healing for mm. people. That's healing for people. And I think that if someone out there is in a difficult situation, it's harder to access that place, but it doesn't still doesn't go anywhere, you know? And I right, just, right. sometimes I wonder, and, and I've been sick before and it's hard to, to not want to resist, you know, pain and sickness right. and um, mental, you know, anguish from, money issues or, or health issues. But I think that, you know, in this present moment, you can, you can suffer or you can have pain. And, and, and one of the sayings I learned at the Buddhist temple, they said was, you know, pain is going to happen, but suffering is optional. Hmm. And so when we talk about, you know, so if you're aware of your pain, right, you're aware of your situation, you're aware of money problems, you know, in this present moment, if you, if you're stopping to meditate, if you have, you know, let's say emotional pain from financial problems, well, you add on top of that uh, worry and you add on top of that regret and you add on top of that fear, right? And so if you gave each one of those qualities, 10 points, if they're all coming at once, it's like 10 times 10 times 10 times 10 times 10, like 10 to the fifth. But if you can sit mindfully and 
know that they're there, then it might be 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus 10 plus 10, which would be a lot less than 10 to the fifth, right? And so then this, this be being mindfully aware of each one of those elements, you know, takes away that, that extent of suffering. And at least it has the opportunity to. And then perhaps with less of your mind in all these different directions, there may then be a way, like you know what I'm going to say, to respond instead of react. And there, there may be another way out. You know, there may be enough wherewithal to take the next step that you need to take, you know? And, um, and that's about all you can do in that type of a situation. I mean, isn't that our ultimate goal to try to keep it together, you know, and get, get through the day and get to the next day and, you know, make the best of it. And keeping it together is part of that is, is connecting to the part of you that is already together that never went anywhere, no matter the situation. But again, it's easy for me to say, and it's much more difficult if you're in an impossible situation. Right, right. Well, do you think there is impossible situations? Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. You know, I've had patients with with impossible situations. Mm. Breaks my heart. But you know, when people have difficult situations, I mean, you know, not completely impossible, but difficult situations, and we're able to work things out, you know, and increase access to care and connect to resources and things like that, you know, there, there, there frequently is a way out. But I do think that there has to be a, a, you know, a recognition that that's what has to happen. And I think it's easy to get just pulled away. It's like, okay, too, I'm just all this is going on. So I can't see the doctor and I can't right. solve my problems. But it's like, wait, stop. Let's just take a look at this. Let's look at it. Each aspect, let's start addressing it. And it's encouraging to me to know that there are a lot of bright minds out there all over the world looking for a vaccine or looking for a treatment. And I have to have faith in them that this is going to be resolved because I don't have a cho- you don't have a, I mean, you, I guess you have a choice, but going down the other road is not a road that anybody wants to go down. I don't think if you think about, you know, there's a lot of bright minds and there's research going on and, and someone's going to find a vaccine and someone's going to find a treatment and you have faith and hope that that's going to happen. Then that's what helps you get through another day. We, that's how I look at it. Yeah. I certainly have faith and hope that, that that's going to, that there's going to be a vaccine and, and, it will be safer to be out. Right. But, you know, Eckhart Tolle was saying, you know, that, you know, if you're, if you're not sick now, you're, you're safe and healthy. That's where you are. But if you get sick, you know, you'll deal with that. And, mm-hmm. um, and if you get very sick, you'll deal with that. I mean, there's not much we can do about it. If, if, if you lose your job, you'll, you'll deal with that. And, um, but if you haven't lost your job yet, not, to, to worry about losing your job is suffering. Well, and for those of us who have seen life change in a minute and lose loved ones, I'm already acutely aware of how short life is. So here we are in the middle of it and it doesn't feel good. And if you let your mind go there, it can be very disturbing. But again, I don't want to even waste these moments going there. And right. as you said, I still have my job and I'm still healthy and have food to eat and family 
nearby. So I do focus on that and have gratitude, but I don't want to put out the worst case scenario, but if there's a worst case scenario, I'm not going to waste these moments. You know, I'm still going to look and have hope and have faith and spend my time bettering myself, even if I'm stuck home alone. Well, that's all you can do, right? And right. This is a great opportunity to, to, to go within and to use this opportunity to come out on the other side in some ways healed mm. uh, inner healing. Inner healing. I like that. Yeah, inner healing. Well, okay, Lisa, uh, is it time to meditate? I think it is. I think it's always time to meditate and I'm going to give it my best shot. You know, I'm still a work in progress uh, on this, but I, I hear you about the benefits and I, I think it's really helpful at this time. Well, let me ask you, what is your intention for today's meditation? Mm. I, you know, find that place of inner peace. I mean, you, you tout that as one of the benefits of meditation all the time. And I want to find that place of inner peace. Should it be work or should it just meditation should make it happen? Well, it does involve practice. Ah, okay. Uh, and, and some discipline, right? So tell me about that. What do you mean by dis? Um, I guess I'm not a big disciplined person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how does that apply? It, it it doesn't matter if you're a disciplined person or not, um, because that's an identity. You know, that's kind of a thing you believe about yourself. But discipline mm. in, only in that you do have to sit down, ideally every day. Right. And you do have to make yourself do that. And then the other part of it is this, um, there's a certain aspect of concentration um, that you have to cultivate as well and that's why you know starting with the breath is a good way to do that because you know i don't want anyone to control their minds or stop their thinking but there is a bit of concentration that happens if you can just concentrate on the tip of your nose or the air going in and out of your nose if you can just concentrate on that and get that down you know that's kind of the first step and so that does take a little discipline and when people sit down to meditate you know, their minds start going all over the place. I'm like, I can't meditate. My mind is going all over the place. Well, in, in a way that they, they know that their mind is meditating, but they don't know that they know, you know, or they know that their mind is racing, but they don't know that they know. And the purpose of the meditation is to know that you know. So what well, your friend Alan Watts says, yeah. go on, he who's the you that knows that you know that you know? Okay. Who is the you that knows that you know that you know? Right. Right. And so everyone can can think about that all you want. But but the problem is the answer isn't a thought. The answer is knowing. <laughs> you just know. Or you feel it or you, you know, there's no answer to that question except to be in that place of knowing. So who is the you that knows that you know that you know? What's the answer? It's like, so if you say, you know, that you can't meditate, well, that's, you just don't know that you know that you know. <laughs> well, who would say they know they can't meditate? Oh, I hear that all the time. You they do? just say, well, I just oh. can't meditate. My mind is too racy. Oh. I just got too much going on. Mama. So they know that. Okay. Right. They know, you know that your mind is racing, but you don't know that you know your mind is racing. If you knew, 
that you knew your mind was racing, that place isn't racing. Mm, right. Oh, I like that. Mind that's racing. I mean, I understand. I've been there. I've had racing mind. And then you yeah. sit down and it's like, I can't do this. There's too many thoughts coming into my yeah. head. Yeah. And I've got too much to do and all these things. So the discipline, you do have to say, okay, I'm going to do this because at some level, I know that this is going to allow me to be my more authentic self. Hmm. Um, you know, it's like, um, kind of like if you quit drinking, you would be your more authentic self, right? If whatever other kind of, if you quit caffeine, you might be a calmer person, hmm. but, 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 but that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about just having the discipline to sit, even if it's for five minutes a day and to have the discipline to follow your breath. So is that okay discipline? Yeah, I liked how you said cultivate concentration. I'm focusing on that a lot. Yeah. Focus. Absolutely. So from some place, so so there there also has to be an intention. And you said Mm -hmm. your intention was to find inner peace. And I would like the listeners to think, well, what is your intention? What what would you like? You know, why would you sit down for the next 15 minutes and do this? Why? What we've talked about before is that the meditation is, a, is kind of a non-thinking place. Right. It's not a stupid place. It's not a passive place, but it's not a place to think, you know? It's a place to do something a little bit different. And so you can't, we're not meditating right now because we're talking, our brains are going and all, but we're going to now, we're going to meditate and I'm going to guide us into, a, um, a, you know, this a meditative, it's not even a meditative state, it's the awareness place. So it's really no different than what's already there, you know, but it's just a different perspective. So no longer are we going to be like driven by our thoughts, we're going to be identifying as the awareness of the thoughts or the mindfulness of the thoughts. And the ability to be mindful is this deeper place. Mm-hmm. So, so the best way to start is, you know, you have your intention and you're sitting in a chair. Now, when you're by yourself, you may not have this guided meditation, although you can play it back, obviously. But if you just make a decision tomorrow morning to sit, in this chair and sit down and look around, see where you are and find yourself in this, in your chair. And no matter what your mind is telling you to do, just start noticing the air coming in and out of your nose. And either you're going to start to feel really calm or you're going to start to, your brain's going to go. But if your brain starts to go, see if you can just concentrate 
on the air coming in and out of your nose. And for some people, if it's hard to um, not have thoughts, one technique is to count. And so you start with one. And go to two. And then when you have a thought... You go back, start over. And see how far you can go. And if you think, oh, I don't have a thought, that's a thought. Go back to one. And if you get to 10, you can start over. And so frequently when we start, you can't get very far. And uh, this is not a competition. It's not. No one's judging. There's no right way or wrong way. And so that's not how we're taught. So maybe now if you could offer yourself some self-love and compassion and you start to notice it's like wow my mind is really racing and you say I'm aware that my mind is racing And you might say, well, who am I that's aware?
And if it's all confusing, just go back to the breath. And just count your breaths again. And so just knowing that you're breathing being aware of your breathing being aware of your thinking After you practice this, start opening to something else beside your racing thoughts. And so you've just offered yourself this gift of of love, a loving gift. And maybe they're not your thoughts. Maybe to discover this place would give you just a sense of joy. And realization of connection to everyone. That would feel like love. Loving someone else is loving yourself. Loving yourself is loving someone else. And all that other stuff is just stuff. All those thoughts, they just come and go. But this part, this deeper part doesn't go anywhere. And so maybe you get a glimpse of this and then go back to worrying about your situation. Go back to the breath. And be grounded in your breath. 
because it's always there no matter what. And let that be your entry point to awareness. And you just may have to do this over and over and over again, and that's okay. And you may see real difficult situations. But maybe they're a little different from this perspective. Or maybe just the breath gives you some relief. And whenever you want, you can just stop and take a breath, just focus in. and connect to your awareness. Connect to your still stillness. Connect to these innate senses, these innate states. peace and joy and love and generosity and see if that moving in that lane will make these situations seem different. And your thoughts might be skeptical, doubtful, resistant. Let's see if those all of those feelings can also be brought to awareness. And maybe those will drop away. In favor of this. Maybe more authentic way of being.
But if that's difficult, just go back to the breath. And start counting again. And this could be a good practice for the next week. So we'll take three breaths and open our eyes. So Lisa, how high did you get? Well, you know, so being the rebel that I am, do I have to count consecutively? <laughs> I was kind of like, like two, four, eight, seven, nine. I mean, does it have to be in a row when you? Sorry, I wasn't clear. Yes, it should have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, but I, so I, I, first of all, I think I'm so tired that my mind wasn't as racing today. I'm just like I needed it, you know. So it was easier for me to to feel that. But and then I was I was thinking is counting like kind of like when you're trying to sleep counting sheep. So like, instead of focusing on your racing mind, you're just, yeah. Number. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I got that. No, it felt good. I, but I was, I, I counted a lot of numbers, but I was, it was a peaceful counting. And I like, I liked that. Yeah. You're right. I just kind of take your mind off of what's right. And sometimes that's just what you got to do, you know, and just yeah. that's part of that concentration part. And um, some meditators only do concentration meditation. And what, we're, what we kind of do is more of an insight meditation. But it does require a level of concentration, too, that that counting can help. So That was concentration meditation? They, well, counting is concentration meditation. I feel like it takes some of the pressure off of just trying to let everything go. You yeah, have exactly. a little something else to focus on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think it's a great way to get started. When I, when I started, that's how I started meditating. Oh, okay. Um, to, well, when I was with the Zen, the, the Zen people, that's how they start you meditating. Hmm. And, um, the, but the, but the, when I was in Thailand, we did more of the insight meditation. So I really think it's a combination of the two, but I think that, that, that moving from the concentration to the insight, kind of like we did with this one, it's just yeah. like, yeah, I don't want people to think that they should get rid of thoughts or not have thoughts because mm-hmm. I really think that the, that exploring the awareness of thoughts gives you the insights that, that, that heal. Mm-hmm. Right. And by mm-hmm. just putting them all down, it doesn't, doesn't work. I like the healing part. I'm all, yeah. That's one of my one of my favorite words and concepts and thoughts and beliefs. If I can have a belief, is that healing is it happens and it can happen. It absolutely can happen. And so, you know, I was doing this meditation yesterday, and there was a psychotherapist on the call, and she's like, "This is just like psychotherapy." I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting," you know, because in psychotherapy, people kind of look at themselves and so that observer part is being evoked during a psychotherapeutic session and so in the same way we're like evoking this witness part this observer part Mm. allows us to to see how we tick and the perfect seeing is perfect you know Mm. so that's 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 it and i was going to say perfect but the, the part that's seeing is different you know than the conditioned part and then like we talked about last time there's also 
you know, another kind of realization of unity. And yeah. so you know, we talk about that. So there, there's, a, there's just so much on, mm. on the other side of thinking. And the Exploring Awareness podcast will keep going into that space. And we're going to keep providing some, some alternative ways and uh, ways to p- find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. And heal. And heal. And feel the love. And so hello to all of our listeners yes. all over the world. We can see you pop up. Oh, on we have to say, app. yeah, we have to say good day down of something good day, down yes, under. We have a lot of us uh, listeners in Australia. Yeah, it's got like a light blue shade on it because there's so many people. Yeah. So thanks for listening. And we're still looking uh, for your emails, exploringawareness at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you, you know, have uh, any uh, feedback or anything you want us to discuss or a situation. Maybe you're having trouble with meditation and uh, we can help you out with that. Exploringawareness at gmail.com. Right. And we have the exploringawareness.org website. Oh, yeah, that's right. The website. I got to work on that. Maybe I can put a comment box in there. People oh. comments. That would be really cool. And, and look, we're on Instagram. On the, Instagram, yeah. Yep. Awareness underscore podcast. We're on Facebook. 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 Twitter. Twitter. That's right. Twitter. Twitter. We're out there and would love to hear from you. So reach we out. Would, we would. And if you have ideas for episodes for us to talk about, that would be really great too. Yeah. What can we help you with? What would you like to hear us discuss? Exactly. All right, Lisa. Well, final word. Final word. My final word is what I say to everyone when I talk to them now is like, just be well, you know, stay well, be well, be well. And, uh, you know, we'll all get through this together. Right. Right. And that, that is my sentiment as well. I wish everyone safety and peace and ease mm. you know, in the coming days. And please practice some meditation. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.